Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I'm here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today's episode 146, Feeding Picky Kids, and more specifically, How to Nurture Kids Who Trust Their Bodies. We talked a few weeks ago about intuitive eating, and a lot of you asked how to do this with kids. I am definitely not an expert. Um, I'm still very much learning how to do this with my own kids, but we're going to talk through some easy, actionable approaches that you can start today even. Uh, First, a quick announcement. I wanted to give you a heads up on a possible change here on the podcast. So up until this point in the first 146 episodes, I have not had ads on the show. The first reason was because the audience was really small when I started, like most podcasts that you know, aren't named cereal. So it was never really an issue. It's not like companies were like banging down the door or anything. Now the show, it's almost four years old. We y'all, we have like well over 4 million downloads total. 4 million. That's crazy. It's actually more than that because the entire first like year and a half of the show had no stats attached to them because I'm very professional. Um, Anyway, the show is growing. The business is growing. And so ads will be part of the show in the near future. One of the reasons that I kind of hesitated to explore ads was because I worried what people would think. Um, A couple years ago, someone sent me an email that thanked me for not having ads because it made the show feel more real. While I can totally understand the sentiment behind that, I also want to say that podcasting is really hard work and that having ads is a really sensible way for people to um, support their business. Y'all are really smart, fantastic people. You know that creating stuff takes a lot of time and energy and all of us are worth getting paid for those things. Now, sadly, some of us don't get paid like stay at home parents. Um, Some of us do get a paycheck, but it's not reflective of the value of the work like teachers or social workers or counselors. So there is also this like weird thing when you're responsible for your own paycheck, because like, you're the boss, I like I am my own boss. I also have an employee, not just me. Um, I pay taxes, I hired an accountant for the first time to do that this year, you guys, why did I wait so long for that? Um, but if I the point is, if I don't decide how to make money, I don't make money, which is weird, right? So far, I have earned an income in a variety of ways, and it looks like adding podcast ads will be one of those ways pretty soon. It just makes sense. There are still some details to work out, but I just wanted to give you a heads up that those are coming. Again, you're very smart people. You know the differences like in an ad, in being an affiliate or a partner with someone, and then just like sharing something I love. I share what I love in my latest lazy letter, sometimes on Instagram, um, I am only an affiliate for programs and people that I have used and vouch for. 
And then while ads like are technically being paid by a company to say words about their company, I am committed to choosing advertisers that make sense for you. While I like I won't have personal experience with every product or company that I have an ad for, I do know you and I want to continue to bring joy and help to your life. So my choices for advertisers will reflect that as best as I can. Um, we're going to get some fun ad music too to mark those. So that's fun. Everybody likes it. Everybody likes a good jingle. So anyway, so that's the announcement. Ads are coming. Uh, no big thing. But I just wanted to kind of like tell you rather than just start having ads for things as kind of a surprise. Okay, let's talk about our picky children. Um, what is the problem with picky kids? Sounds like a Seinfeld opening. It is frustrating to make food that doesn't get eaten. Very frustrating. Um, but I think even more than that, we worry that our kids aren't getting the nutrients they need. We also worry that they're only going to eat like brown and red foods for the rest of their lives. Um, honestly, when it comes to picky kids, I think we have a lot of fear. I catch myself wanting to justify my kids eating even to you guys, like on Instagram or here on the podcast, kind of like, yeah, they don't, they don't like green foods, but we give them vitamins. So it's fine. You know, that kind of thing. Frankly, neither of us needs to justify how our kids eat to each other or anyone else. There's a lot of shame around how kids eat and that needs to stop. If other kids eat stuff that your kid would only eat in your dreams, you feel like a terrible, irresponsible parent and nobody needs that energy in their lives, you guys. It's the actual worst to feel like the actual worst. So we have a lot of fear about what our kids eat. We also exert a lot of control over how our kids eat. Three more bites before you get up. Eat your vegetables first. No dessert until after dinner. You just ate. How can you be hungry again? You'll spoil your dinner if you eat now. That kind of thing. P.S. I have said or done every single one of those things. One of them, I think, yesterday. Um, I'm very much in the learning stages of this too. So we are afraid of what our kids eat, what they don't eat, how much they eat, if they're getting enough to eat in order to grow, when they eat, all the things. There's a lot of pressure on us and on them. This is why I've been moving into the space of intuitive eating for my kids, not just for me. I think kids are picky because kids are picky. People are picky. We all like different things. And when you add to that the food rules and pressures that our kids feel but don't really have words for, of course they're going to hoard and like hold tight to foods that are more or less off limits. That's what we do. And we have like a more developed brain than they do. So today in the, in the spirit of like small steps and grace wherever you are, let's look at 10 ways to start down the road of letting your kids be intuitive eaters and trusting their bodies. Okay, number one, your kids were born this way. They were born intuitive eaters. If you think about babies, babies cry when they're hungry and then they stop eating when they're done. Um, they'll go like several hours without eating and then cluster feed like animals the next day. We were born with signals for hunger and fullness and your kids are included in that. Don't forget that for them or yourself. This is how we were made to eat. Listening to our body's physical and mental cues is how we were made to eat. So that's number one. Number two, respect your kids' signals of hungry and full. This is really tough because we're so used to eating like a certain amount before we're allowed to leave the table. 
or before our kids are allowed to leave the table. We also can't believe a kid when they're still hungry, even after just eating something huge. Uh, Intuitive eating experts, and by the way, the ones that I've learned from, like are all registered dietitians, professionals, you know, all the things. Um, They say that there might be a dip for a bit in your kid's habits as they trust you to believe that you trust them. I mean, they are going to say that they're full when they don't want to eat the food that's offered to them, you know, but that's okay. You don't have to figure out like every single motivation and why they say what they say, but begin to trust them. The more we can trust the like, I'm full and I'm still hungry, the more they can too. We're, they're on a learning curve with this, just like we are. So we're kind of all in this together and being patient. Okay. So number three, make all foods equal. We need to take morality off of food. No foods are bad for you or good for you. We'll talk about different language in a second, but it's really important to make all foods equal. Zero morality. Your kids need to learn, just like we do for ourselves, to trust their bodies more than they trust a label or more than we trust the label on their behalf. Now, that's not saying labels are bad. They're just not the most important thing in intuitive eating. Otherwise, you're back to food rules and you're letting labels and diet culture tell you what to eat. One way to make all foods equal is to not save dessert for the end, especially if you do what I have done for a long time, which is kind of like holding it hostage (laughs) until like certain foods are eaten. It makes it so enticing. I know that's like a typical pattern in a lot of homes and it's hard to break, but try serving all the foods at the same time. Like put a cookie on the plate alongside whatever dinner you made. That is also why I love snack platters. Snack platters are another way to make food equal. So I've talked about this on Instagram a couple of times, but um, many afternoons, I just put a bunch of different foods on a platter for the kids to share after school, um, like on a big circular platter. So it's like pie slices of food almost. There are no rules on eating like certain foods before others. And the kids see like all the stuff on the plate in equal amounts in a circle. It's sort of like King Arthur's uh, round table. There's no food that's more important or better than another. So think about ways that make sense for your family that you can make all foods equal. Number four, make food as a reward, an option, not the rule. Seeing food as a reward is not by nature bad. Food is really fun and can be very, you know, celebratory. A way to keep all foods equal, though, is to not automatically make a food a reward or the thing that you do to celebrate something. So instead of saying, let's go get ice cream to celebrate, you might ask the kid, how would you like to celebrate? Now, if they say, let's get a puppy, that, you know, might not work. But if the kid wants to go get ice cream, do that. That's amazing. But by giving options of fun things, you make food one fun thing without putting so much pressure on it as a reward. And if you're allowing your kids to eat without food rules and trust themselves more, um, they won't see things like ice cream as some unique thing that they never get, right? Because it's not put on a pedestal above other foods. The ice cream isn't really what's special. It's the experience around it. It's going out for it you know, to celebrate something in particular. The ice cream itself is almost neutral. Ice cream cannot be completely neutral because ice cream is amazing. Um, But it kind of becomes a little bit more neutral. So try and make food as a reward an option, but not the rule. 
Number five, avoid food rules. This is likely the hardest thing I'll say today because it feels so counterintuitive. And it actually is. Food rules are counterintuitive. They are counter to our intuition. The same is true for our kids. And we give kids a lot of food rules. They have to eat certain foods first. Other foods are relegated to like certain times of the day. They can't eat dessert until they've eaten a certain number of bites. Candy only once a day, if that, all of that stuff. There are so many food rules for kids. And our intentions for that are good, I think. We want them to develop good habits, to grow strong, to try new things, to not waste food, all of it. But there's a lot of evidence that shows that kids who live in a house with a lot of food rules develop disordered eating or a shameful relationship with food as teenagers and adults, just like we did. That episode a few weeks ago about food rules, it hit you guys hard because we all live with so many food rules and don't realize how they strip the joy from eating and then strip us from knowing and trusting our bodies better. The same is true of our kids. So even though it's hard for you and for me too, we could serve our kids well by not making them live with food rules. I realize that feels impossible. It's just an idea. Start small, all the things. Okay. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. My team recently updated our Squarespace site to use Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. It's seriously so cool. It's mobile layout display. It lets us see what people see on their own mobile devices as we make edits and updates. And 78% of you visit the site on your mobile device. So making sure what you see looks and performs the way it's meant to matters to me. If you want to build a new website, try out Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash lazy genius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Last year, Kaz and I went to Italy and holy moly, what a trip. The museums, the food, the culture. At least once a week, I still think about the gelato. One thing that would have been nice, though, is to know actual Italian. We used translation apps and we made it work, but I love that I can start learning new languages for future trips now with Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with 25 languages to choose from. I can learn on the go with downloadable offline lessons in the app or at my desktop. My favorite feature, though, is true accent, which gives me feedback on how well I'm pronouncing words as I'm learning them. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Lazy Genius podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com genius. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com genius today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've been lazy geniusing things for a lot of years now, but one thing that's at the root of almost every challenge we solve is a desire for more time. We want to get out the door in the morning, get dinner on the table, get all of our tasks done quickly so we have more time. The question is, time for what? The best way to add more time into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. 
For me, therapy helped me uncover what matters to me, the things I want to spend my time on so I can feel like myself more often. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TheLazyGenius today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TheLazyGenius. This episode is sponsored by Pros. I started using Pros because of a podcast ad over three years ago, and my hair has never been happier. Your hair and skin can sway your mood, they can impact your days in ways that you cannot underestimate. That's why Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. I love my Made for Kendra shampoo and conditioner formulas more than any other products I've ever tried on my hair. With Pros, it's easier to care for my hair and feel confident in how it looks daily. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash lazy genius. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash lazy genius. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash lazy genius. Number six, talk about growing foods. This is a point that can be really helpful in communicating with your kids about food. So we often hear foods described as healthy or junk, even good or bad. I've heard myself say things like, well, you know, sugar's kind of bad for our body, so let's not have that lollipop right now. Now, I'm not saying that certain foods don't offer like a bigger nutritional punch than others. Of course they do. But that does not mean that less nutrient-dense food is bad. Our bodies are really good at knowing the difference and telling us what they need to function well. Good language to have around food, especially with kids, is not necessarily healthy or unhealthy. It's growing food. So if you need some language, especially when your kid comes home from school after a unit on nutrition and tells you that your house has too many unhealthy foods and that you need to get rid of them all, that has not happened to me at all three months ago. Um, It's nice to have words that affirm the idea of nutrition without putting morality on the food itself. So yeah, certain foods are growing foods, right? They're full of more things that help our bodies grow. But some bodies need different kinds of growing foods than others too. We all need different foods to grow. That's why it's important to listen to our own bodies about what they might need, how hungry they are, how full they are, how tired they are, all of that. It kind of is all connected. So growing foods are a really good middle ground between food morality language and just not knowing what to say at all. Okay, number seven, name the difference between your way at home and the way everywhere else. That growing food piece is helpful here. But it's also nice to have some thoughts stored away when you have a kid confused by what they hear at school or at grandma's or at a friend's house. My son um, once told me that a girl in his class, who he often sat next to at lunch, kept telling him that his lunches weren't healthy and that he was not going to get big and strong. Bless him. It scared him so much. Um, It was helpful to have kind language around the way we are at our home and then the way others might be in their families and their homes. So in some houses, 
you know, like the bedtime is at seven and others it's nine. And some houses you take your shoes off when you come in the door. You know, like every house gets to decide its own way of doing things. So encouraging your kid that no one house is doing it right or wrong, just different, it could be really helpful. We often say at our house that we think all foods are fine. No foods are bad. And you're not bad for eating one thing instead of eating something else. Again, we're still in the early stages of trying to create this culture in our home, but being aware of the difference in messages my kids get at home versus other places is, it's just, it's a helpful thing to be aware of. We also, this is really important. We also don't want to like demonize people who do live with food rules or who eat quote unquote healthy. That's not fair either. There's more than one way and this is our way and that's okay. Number eight, you are not responsible for what your child eats. I'm going to say that again. You're not responsible for what your child eats. Okay. (sighs) Deep breath. Let me share this quote from a registered dietitian and expert in kids and intuitive eating. Quote, the greatest challenge parents must overcome is not holding themselves responsible for what the child eats. They are only responsible for meal timing, serving a variety of foods with at least one choice they know the child will enjoy, and ensuring the mealtime is pleasant, end quote. So you just have your meal and snack times, you know, give or take. You serve the food and you stay pleasant. Now, not having food rules, it definitely helps with this situation, right? Because you're not saying you have to try this many bites or whatever it is. Um, and remember, this is also important. Remember that this is not saying that your kids like get to choose whatever they want to eat from the entire kitchen. They're choosing from what you serve. And you're offering at least one thing that's familiar that they do like. Otherwise, though, it's all their choice and not your responsibility. Another RDN says, um, quote, the number one change parents can make when feeding their children is not saying anything. Once the food is in front of the child, It is no longer the parent or anyone else's business how much or whether the child eats. I mean, that sounds nice in practice, doesn't it? Like no more fighting over bites and new foods and and all of that at the table. But it also sounds kind of impossible and borderline irresponsible. I get that. My husband and I talked last weekend about this, and this part was a huge sticking point, especially for him. But remember, this is a process. This is not an on-off switch that will immediately change everything. We're all still finding our way, mostly because we're steeped pretty deeply in our own food rules, and we don't trust our bodies, so it's hard to let our kids trust theirs. Which leads me to number nine, let kids learn their responsibility to their own bodies. They are responsible for themselves. What an incredible gift we can give our kids to give them agency over their own bodies, even as young kids, just with food. Obviously, this is within reason. If you've got like babies, all the things, but you get what I'm saying. So as they develop the awareness, well, actually, they already have the awareness, but they've likely lost a good bit of it, depending on how old they are. I know mine have. Um, They will trust themselves. They will trust their bodies. And that kind of responsibility goes beyond just what they eat. It affects how they listen to rest cues and energy cues, how they interact with people and trust their own voice in the room, creating a culture around intuitive eating for our kids who are already born equipped to do this. It creates a culture where they trust themselves and they feel confident in who they are in general. That's like such a far reaching, far lasting consequence 
of something as simple as what they eat for dinner. It sounds really simplistic, but it's, it's all connected, which is kind of cool. And then number 10, you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up and that's okay. Right now, the biggest mess up that we have in our house is that my husband and I are not on the same page yet. It's not because we like fundamentally disagree about all of this, all of these things, but it's because we've never really talked about it. We, um, well, we both have like different food rules, right? Like he's lived a life of food rules, just like I have. We grew up in different kinds of houses. Um, he's a guy, which often manifests differently in our culture than it does for females when it comes to food and body. We also have ideas of what it means to be a good parent, you know? Doesn't a good parent like not let a kid eat dessert unless they finish their dinner or not let their kid eat chips every day or say like, you haven't eaten in six hours. You're going to be hungry tomorrow. If you don't eat your dinner, go eat your dinner and then do like a little shaming. Like I told you so in the morning when the kid is starving. So they'll learn their lesson to eat when it's dinner time. You know, like all of that is normal and regular and we all do it and think that that's being a good parent and that's okay. But because Kaz and I have not talked about this much together on purpose we don't have a unified front which means we're constantly sending our kids mixed signals they get mixed signals like just for me because I'm still trying to figure out whether or not I'm comfortable with my 10 year old eating an entire bag of chips because he's obsessed with chips but why is he obsessed with chips I think one reason is because chips are delicious barbecue lays barbecue are you kidding me they're amazing. Um, but really, I think another reason is because I've made chips more off limits, which to him makes them more enticing. So there are mixed messages. And that's okay. We're figuring it out. You know, like I said, Kaz and I talked about it over the weekend. And um, while we are starting to get on the same page, we're also still trying to find the page in the first place. It's, it's confusing and a little strange to do this with kids. But I've also seen the incredible benefits in my own life of living without food rules and not putting so much emphasis on the importance and value of the shape of my physical body. And I want my kids to experience that too. I don't want them to have to unlearn a lot of things. Like what an amazing thing that they just live life this way to begin. But it's hard. It's hard to do. And there are lots of ways to mess up every single day. I just want you to remember that that is okay. Parents mess up. We make the wrong call. We're inconsistent. All of it. Don't shame yourself for that. It is a process for everyone. It doesn't always have clear answers. And the sooner that you accept that you're going to mess up, that you're not always going to know what to say, and that means sometimes you're going to say the wrong thing, the quicker that you can kind of move past it and learn from it and just keep going, right? Okay. So that is our first dive into transforming picky eaters into intuitive eaters. Again, I am not an expert or even like super great at doing this at all myself, but I am slowly seeing the benefits of letting my kids have agency over themselves and trusting their bodies and learning a new language around food. So just take it slow. Just take it slow. Okay. That is it for today. I sighed just like that was so heavy. Oh my goodness so much drama. Um, we will talk about this more Thursday on Instagram. I know that y'all are going to have a lot of questions and concerns about things, question, you know, as you think about it. Um, and while I will do my best to answer what I can, of course, also know two things. Uh, one, I'm not an expert, but two, you know your family better than I do. It is okay to try something and it not work. 
try something else. Be patient. Start small. But come ask your questions and we can encourage each other in this process. So uh, Thursday morning, I will put a, um, a panel up in stories where you can ask your questions. That's what we've been doing lately, which is so great because I can take your questions and put them like on the screen when I do a live. It's the best feature ever. Um, so you can come and ask your questions there. And then I will go live around noon Eastern to talk through this a bit. Um, most of my lives last about half an hour. They exist in my stories for 24 hours. And then after that, they're saved to IGTV. It sometimes takes a couple of days. Um, my my right hand, Leah, does that for me. And, um, and you know, sometimes it takes a couple of days to get it over to IGTV, but it it, it will land there. Um, you can follow me at The Lazy Genius to access all of that, the old lives as well. So if you have listened to like an episode that's in the archives, feel free to scroll through IGTV and see if you can find the live that goes with it if you've got other questions. Because you guys, it's crazy how, it's not crazy, it's, it's interesting how questions uh, there are only like a handful of questions that are asked asked just in a variety of ways. We're all struggling with the same things. So more than likely the question that you have, unless it's like incredibly specific, was asked and possibly answered. So you can check out um, those on my IGTV channel, whatever, at The Lazy Genius. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Until next time, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'm Kendra and I'll see you next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.